Hello, everybody, and welcome to Top Shelf. Uh, this week's a little different because uh, Hannah is not with us. Not that she like left or anything. She's just taking the week off for the holidays. Uh, so it's just me, Michelle, but we have a special guest today. Uh, you've known her. She's been on the podcast before. Uh, she's the Ice Garden's main Twitter person, I guess. I guess not the main Twitter person, but she does it a lot. Uh, and with So with me today, we have Eleni. Hello. I was like, I think we have Eleni. Yeah, you do. <laughs> How are you today? I'm good. This, uh, this is like a week off in between when classes end and when I fly back to Atlanta, so I'm just, just chilling. Just hanging out with your dog. Yeah. Will Willie come back to Atlanta with you? Yeah, he flies with me um, usually just for Christmas break because the rest of the time I'm not home long enough to make it worth it because it's like 125 bucks to check in. Oh my gosh. But, yeah, he flies with me to Atlanta. It's like a two and a half hour flight and he just chills under the seat. He usually just sleeps the whole time. He's a pretty small dog, so he'll fit under there pretty well, I guess. Yeah, he's like he's like probably between 15 and 17 pounds. Do you have like a special dog carrier for him or does he just yeah. like? Yeah, I have a like a soft sided carrier so that it can fit under the seat. And um, usually Delta doesn't really care if he's like completely under the seat because he doesn't make any noise. So um, I've, I've had people sit next to me and not even know he was there until the end. Um, or like in the middle of the flight, I'll get him some ice cubes and I'll like unzip it. And the person next to me is like, oh, God, there's a dog there. I didn't know. <laughs> Surprise! It's a dog. He's, he's pretty easy because he's a little older. That's good. Yeah. Uh, so I figured this week we would talk about the first two games in the 2019-2020 rivalry series. Okay. Uh, the first two games in December finished Tuesday night. There was one on Saturday in Hartford, Connecticut, and then one on Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. Time has stopped making sense to me. I have no idea what day it is. It's also weird to have a game on it. I feel like it's weird to have a game on a Tuesday night. Yeah, just kind of like Like a random Tuesday night. We're not used to that at all. Men's hockey, you get that a lot, but... Yeah, so the second game was on Tuesday night in... New Brunswick. Thank you. I was like, it was in a place in Canada. Yeah, it's all I got for you. East, East Coast, Canada, New Brunswick is the name of the province. <clears throat> and USA was victorious in both. They won 4-1 to one in Hartford and 2-1 to one in New Brunswick. Uh, so I figured we'd just chat about that. So we'll, I think we should start with how different Team USA seemed to look as opposed to in Pittsburgh when they held the joint training camp and they got swept. Yeah, I mean, they look totally different. It's not, it doesn't really surprise me just because I feel like the players that are the difference makers either are players who weren't there in Pittsburgh or are players on a line that wasn't together really in Pittsburgh. Um, so I'm not like surprised really. I think what's interesting is in Pittsburgh, USA had a lot of like veterans in camp that we don't have on this. December rivalry series roster and it's kind of the other way around for Canada. So 
yeah. it's it's interesting to see that in both cases the younger team has won the games, which I don't think is necessarily shocking as someone who yeah. follows the sport, but it is still interesting. Definitely. I hadn't even really thought about the fact that Canada's Pittsburgh series roster was much younger and that yeah. it flipped it this time. Meal. Uh, they had, I'm missing other people. Claire Thompson. Claire Thompson, Ella Shelton, I think was there. So they had a lot of NCAA players at the Pittsburgh camp um, that they don't have for this, which is interesting also just scheduling wise because they're NCAA players. So it's theoretically a lot harder for those kids to make an like a early November camp than it is for them to play now when they're, they're I mean, mostly most, off too right now. I think they are mostly done. I think a lot of them, I think the BCBU kids had it hardest because like Kayla and Jesse played the battle of Comav weekend and then probably had finals and then immediately flew to camp. Yeah. Um, so that's pretty brutal, <laughs> but I think it is easier in theory. So it's kind of interesting that Canada really only had, I think, two college students on their roster, um, and none of them were forwards. So, yeah. What did you, speaking of kind of like the younger kids, the college players, what did you think of the ones we saw this week? Um, so I think only USA had new college players because the two college players on Canada's roster are J.B. Bourbonnet and uh, Micah Sandy Hart, who have mm. played with the national team before, and they're kind of known quantities in some capacity, at least for me. Um, I always forget that Micah Sandy Hart is actually in college. She is. I she think feels she's, like one of those like eight-year yeah. college players to me. Yeah. Yeah, she does. I think it's just because we've been hearing her name for a while, but I, I think last year was the first time that we saw her on the national team, so I'm not sure what it is exactly. Um, they looked about how I remembered them looking. Like, there were no surprises from either of them. I think Bourbonnet, of the two of them, is the one that I have always been more impressed with, but she has a little bit more of an offensive upside. Um, she's someone that I'm always looking at when, you know, someone that if I were the coach, I would be cycling her into the power play as much as possible because I think her, you know, point shots are probably some of the most dangerous on that team right now. Someone you want to set up at the blue line who can sort of keep the puck in, but also take shots that players like uh, Anne-Sophie Bate or Pooh can uh, deflect in in front if they're standing in front of the goalie. So they looked good. Uh, they looked about how I remembered. And then USA had a couple of new kids and, um, I think who had varying levels of success, but I would say all of them looked pretty decent. Yeah. Um, and all of them did get to play, which is awesome. I was a little worried about that, but yeah. they did find a way to slot all of them in. It seems like they're giving the, the, like every time they bring in a kid that's a new like center, they will either give her to Kendall Coyne's line or Hillary Knight's line. Um, yeah. So I think some of that probably is because you don't want to break up the Panic at the Disco line, um, which is Alex Carpenter, Kelly Panic, uh, Amanda Kessel, because they've just been unstoppable. They've been so good. And and when you get a line that's clicking like that, like you just don't you don't want to mess with that. And I think also if you're a kid coming in, it's probably a lot of pressure to be like they know that that line has been playing well. It's probably a lot of pressure to be like, all right, we're, we're going to change this line to put you in it. Yeah. I think that that's hard. So the first game they had Kelly Brown on Kendall Coyne's line, 
Um, so she was the first line center in her first ever game, which is very stressful, wow. I would think. Um, and honestly, I think that she did fine. I didn't really notice her that much, but that's not necessarily a bad thing. Yeah. Because I think Kendall is usually the person on her line that is the most <sighs> obvious, if that makes sense. Like, she's the one that you're watching the most. Yeah. Um, and then they, they scratched Kelly for the second game so that they could bring in Claire to George. And the first game they had Jesse Comfer between Hillary Knight and Danny Cameronese, which they did in Worlds, um, which was Jesse's first tournament. They had her between those two players and they did it because I believe Hannah Brandt got hurt in the first prelim game against mm -hmm. Finland. I think it was like upper body, maybe her shoulder or something. Um, and they had Jesse and they were like, I don't know. She plays center. Sure. You can be Hillary Knight's center. And <laughs> that, was her first, that was her first. <laughs> and she kept up with them. She did a really, a, a really good job in, yeah. in world. So I think it wasn't really surprising. They gave her that line again, but she was a lot faster than both of them. And I think that there was some frustration from everyone on that line because yeah. of that. Um, so they moved her up to Kendall's line for the, the game in New Brunswick, which I thought worked really well. Kendall's the type of player who can slot in well with anybody. So it makes sense if they have a new, a new college kid coming onto the national team, the senior team, to slot them in with Kendall. Um, just because it's so much easier, I think, for her to adjust to them than maybe the other way around. Yeah, I think that's definitely the case. And I think it's also a leadership thing. Like there's a yeah. reason that there's a reason that the team voted for her to have the C. And I think, you know, you have a player like that in both positions and that usually the new kid on defense gets paired with Casey Bellamy, mm -hmm. at least for the first couple games. Um, and I think it's similar with Kendall because if you're a forward and you're paired with Kendall, Kendall's extremely defensively responsible. So if you blow it, yeah. Um, you have someone who's really fast on your line who is going to put the effort in to get back and and back check and, and clean up after you if you mess up, which is the same reason that you give. In the second game, they uh, they had Natalie Buchbinder, who was the only new defenseman. Um, she's at Wisconsin also. They had her paired with Casey Bellamy, and they were on the ice for both of Team USA's goals. So, you know, I think it, it gives the kids a lot of confidence mm -hmm. when you can put them on a line with people who – can allow them to mess up and it's not going to be uh, as scary. But in the same vein, the second game, um, Abby Rock's line, the second game was Abby Rock, Britta Curl, and Sydney Brote. And Sydney Brote is still in college also. So that was a really, like, just a completely young line and they were awesome together. Um, yeah, I thought Brote looked really good. Yeah, she did. It's interesting because I think her first tournament, her, like, coming out was she was on Kendall and Decker's line, maybe. And um, it's kind of hard not to succeed in that situation. <laughs> yeah. So it was hard for us to know, you know, is this kid the real deal? Or did she just get, you know, was she just benefiting from these two players? Because yeah. she's, she's fine at UMD, but she's not like, in the top 10 and scoring or anything like not someone that you would necessarily just from looking at stats be like, Oh yeah, this is someone I want on my team. But I think that she's shown incredible versatility, especially because Britta Curl and Abby rock are teammates at Wisconsin. So it's probably, first of all, there's a rivalry there, but putting that aside, um, I think it's probably difficult to walk into something where two people already have that chemistry and, and keep up with them. And Sydney did a great job. So that was fun to see. Definitely. Um, I think you mentioned Abby Rock, who scored two goals this weekend out of the six. So 
because I can math. That's a third of USA's goals. <laughs> I can do good math. Um, she was one that really stood out to me too because she has such patience that I think you rarely, not rarely see, but rarely see maybe from someone that young in that sort of situation. Yeah, I think it's a it's a combination, a lethal combination of patience and confidence mm-hmm. that just is so interesting and so fun to watch. And because she's 22, she's a senior, so she's not like, she's been around the block, she's a national champion, but she has never gotten to do this before. And I think they hit her at just the right time in her development that she f- is comfortable enough and knowing what she's capable of that there's no, just no hesitation from her at all to step into that role. And, and it's so cool because she, the choices that she made on both of those goals are choices that I don't know. I would never expect a college kid in her first national team, like outing to, to have that level of, especially on a three on one. Yeah. I mean, Sydney Broad's pretty much wide open on the other side of the net. Um, and, and to, for Abby to know that she has, a world-class defender because it was uh, Rougeau who was back, um, you know, sort of locked in on her. And to take that shot anyway and to score is just crazy. Especially when you're <clears> – <throat> wow. There goes my voice again. Especially when you're barreling down on two Olympic goaltenders. Um, yeah. With Genevieve Lacasse in the first game and then Anne Renee was in the second game. To have that sort of confidence in yourself – and in your skill level and know that you can just, you can do it in that kind of situation is huge. Um, I think, I think um, I'm checking right now, but I think Abby and ARD maybe overlapped at Wisconsin and that might have something to do with why she felt comfortable uh, (laughs) shooting there. So Abby's first year at Wisconsin was 2016, 2017. I want to say they overlapped for at least a year. Yeah, they did. So, uh, and Renee Debian's senior year at uh, Wisconsin was Abby's freshman year. So that probably had something to do with her her decision to shoot in that situation. Um, but for sure, the first goal, I mean, and it wasn't even just like you're taking a shot on a goaltender that is widely regarded to be one of the best goaltenders in the world. Like, she shot on her backhand without having really, she didn't come in with control of the puck. Like, it fell to her. Yeah. And she she just like completely went totally clear of Lacasse, who had the right post covered. Like she really didn't have very much room. That's the one I think that really uh, blows my mind is the first goal. So I think that she she looked great, and I think you don't want to you don't want to break up her and Britta Curl. I think you no, could give them. Not. I don't. I think you could give them anyone on that right wing. But it's nice to it's nice to see them putting someone else that's also young on that right wing because. Yeah, all right. Maybe maybe players like Hillary Knight and Amanda Kessel, we have them around for 2022, but you can't you can't bank on them being around for the Olympics after that. Yeah. Oh, and definitely. The 2014 Olympics, the pups line was a big deal, um, which I think was Kendall Decker and uh, Amanda Kessel. Sounds right to me. And they were all really pretty young at that point. That's yeah. what you want. That's what you want going into this Olympics. You want at least one line that you know or at least hope you'll be able to maintain for another cycle. Yeah. So that by the time you get to the, the, not this Olympics, but the next one, you, you have a core that are used to playing with each other. I think along that same lines, we saw that a lot with their goaltending this, this, I don't want to say cycle, this series, this two games, um, 
you know, they brought uh, Alex Cavallini and Matt, and um, they brought Maddie Rooney, who, of course, Olympic experience, but still fairly young. She's only in her junior year in college. Yeah. Uh, but they also brought Erin Frankel, who... She's also a junior. Also a junior, but has had very little national team experience. I think she played on the U22 team this season. or um, this. She did. She season. played the U22 Summer. team in August. Yeah. She played, I think, one game with them. Um, but still, yeah. that's huge when you've got Alex Rigsby. Nope, Alex Cavallini, <laughs> who is not old by any stretch of the imagination, but just how long of a lifespan do these players have to get to one more Olympics, two more Olympics. Um, I was impressed with Aaron in the second yeah. game. Yeah. I think one of the things I like so much about Aaron and one of the reasons I was really glad to see her get a start is we know what Maddie Rooney is capable of mm-hmm. at her best. Um, but we, you know, Alex's 1992 birth date. So she's close to th- like Do not say close to 30 because I am 1991. She's 28. She's That's close pretty, to 30. Close to 30. That's pretty close to 30. I, which is not like, I mean, Shannon Sabados was a, an incredible goaltender, you know, well past that point. I don't think that it's an indictment in, in any manner, but you can't assume that you can rely solely on Alex going into this Olympic cycle because even if she plays every game at this Olympics, and even if she's fantastic in every game at this Olympics, what happens after that? Now yeah. you have contenders that have never, have, don't have any Olympic experience, um, or don't have any world's experience or whatever. So I think, and, and I don't think it's enough to give them, you know, Germany at Worlds. Like, it, it helps. Yeah. But they're going to see 12 shots at most. So you want to make sure you're letting these kids face their bigger, you know, competitors. I think yeah. that they did a great job letting Aaron have that. Um, and I think it was probably a huge boost of confidence for her that they gave her that full game. Definitely. She's actually smaller than Alex. Alex is not that tall. Um, I think she's like five, seven. I which was, for- oh, go ahead. No, go. Oh, I was just going to say, I was impressed with how her defense stood around her too. Alex or Aaron? Around Aaron. Yeah. I think that they, I think that all teams play differently in front of different kinds of goalies. And I think it was pretty clear that they knew, you know, obviously they knew it was her first game. Yeah. I think that they, they were a little bit more protective of her than they are of Alex, not like physically, but in terms of the, the quality of shots that she was seeing. Um, which I don't, I mean, I don't even think that that's conscious necessarily, but um, what's really interesting is that I think her and Alex have very different styles of play, so you can play very differently in front of them. Yeah. Erin's uh, rebound control is absurd. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, which it has to be because she's 5'5". Five five. So, I mean, her lateral movement is good, but if you're 5'5 five five and you're on one post and you let up a rebound and it bounces to the other side, there's not a whole lot you can do. So, you know, her rebound control is really, really good because unlike Alex, she she doesn't have the extra inches to sort of clear that space. Yeah. Um, and she also stays lower, I think. Like I was noticing with uh, Debian on the other end of the ice, she's she comes up a little bit more. Like mm-hmm. she she uses her pad, but then, you know, when the puck is out, she pops back up and goes around. I think Aaron tends to stay lower. So um, they definitely played differently in front of her, but it, it worked. And it's really interesting to see the defense adjust. 
um, especially because a lot of them still are so young. Like we think of Megan Keller as like a seasoned veteran, but she's a year out of college. Yeah. So that's pretty wild. Keller's another one of those shouldn't be just a year out of college players to me. I think Hannah and I talked about this in our NCAA preview episode where there's certain players who are either juniors, seniors, or just graduated where we're like, nope, you should be like 26 and yeah. like, with a lot more years out of, uh, um, out of college under your belt. Yeah. And I definitely think Keller is one of them. It, yeah. Her and Barnes is going to feel like that to us too, because she started, you know, she had a gold medal before she really even played her yeah. full season. So, um, did you see, I, I, um, I think Leanne was on Twitter for us on Tuesday's game, but did you see um, Boston College's official Twitter uh, quote tweet of the um, Poulin and, and Kayla Barnes interaction? Yeah. yeah. Where they were like, oh, you had a gold medal before freshman year too? Same. Yeah. So far. Yeah, I did. It's really crazy. I think Kayla, I have always been impressed with her. I think, you know, when they first called her up for centralization, I remember something that Megan Duggan said about her being like, so ridiculously mature mentally um and how that was like a, a big deciding factor for them in terms of are we gonna do this with this kid you know like you know yeah. and and I think that that's always been the case but I feel like she has so come into her own this year specifically um just like when she was on that that play where she was it was just her and Pooh and she was basically the last line of defense there and she strips Pooh of the puck yeah. like a foot from the crease that's yeah where it was just the two of them coming yeah that was crazy it, it used to be there was one person on team USA who could really handle going head to head with Poulin and now it's like at least 3 of the kids really feel like they can handle it yeah. And that's just got to be so frustrating because she was their secret weapon for so long. Oh, yeah. I think that's something that they're grappling with. I thought that they looked really slow, mm-hmm. um, which isn't really surprising. Um, I think it's for the same reasons the Team USA looked slow in Pittsburgh. It's not – I don't think that the players are incapable of being fast anymore. Like, I don't think they're all over the hill or anything. But, um, you it's know – It's definitely different. It's different. They're not playing as regularly. Um, I think even when they are playing regularly, they're not playing. It's just not rising to the level of competition that an NCAA game is. Yeah. Um, so I think it's hard for them to stay as in shape. Or just like game ready. Because yeah, there's I, like practice, but there's also like game speed environments yeah absolutely and even if you're skating really fast like a lot of it is a mentality a lot of it is like remembering how how you want to think about how you're playing the game or whatever I think we saw that a lot some of it definitely is just physical like the first goal in New Brunswick was just brutally like the Canadian players that were in the American zone maybe one of them got back in almost enough time to do something. And that was Johnson. And you had players who like really haven't been out of college that long, who are just completely gassed. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Borbon, I was the last person back uh, and she's the other defenseman. You had Lauren Gable. And I think 
Victoria Bach were also on that line, and they just looked dead inside by the time they even got to their own zone. Some of that is definitely, you know, adjusting to not having the level of consistent training that mm-hmm. you have with an NCAA program. Because um, no matter where women's hockey is, that's going to still be a jump for you to go from an NCAA program where you're practicing every day, yeah, almost every day, to suddenly being in the real world. Yeah, I mean, it's a it's a structured, a structured environment. And I, I think, you know, even NWHL players um, or players in Sweden, you know, if you're unless you're and this is, you know, something that PWHPA players have said is one of their, you know, main driving forces, unless you can do this and only this every day, you can't devote enough time and energy to being at your physical peak oh, to yeah compete the same way that and and even NCAA players like they're still in school yeah so you know they're probably in better shape but you know if and that's something that I think we we don't address enough when we talk about when people are like oh well the women's game is so slow compared to the men or like oh the women aren't as athletic compared to the men the women have never gotten to spend every single minute of every single day of every single week training and taking care of their bodies and focusing only on this. We have no idea what they would be capable of doing yeah. if they could. Or if um, they do, it's that, what, nine months of centralization? Right yeah. before they go to the biggest stage in the world? And, of course, the Olympics look better then. Yeah. Like, obviously, yeah. And, and you know, there are players who can only do that. Um, I think Amanda Kessel is one of them, and she looked extremely good. Yeah. Um, I think that she's come back from her concussion – you know, I, I don't think players are ever exactly the same. I think that they have to learn to adapt a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but she she looks so much more comfortable and confident. Um, and I think that she doesn't shy away from contact anymore. And mm-hmm. she looks like she's in really good shape. Um, but that I, I don't... The goal th- she had in the second game was so good. Carpy's goal? In the oh, yeah. Game? The goal she had the secondary assist on, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she's the one who who starts that zone entry. Oh, so yeah. She, I think, I would say Amanda and Annie Pankowski are the two who, when they come off the boards with the puck, I, I don't worry about them intercepted at all. Yeah. Um, and, and Annie's in vet school, so <laughs> I can't even imagine what a monster she would be if she was only uh, training all the time. But yeah. I think Amanda, Hillary... Kendall, probably those guys are the ones that I think really can afford to not do anything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can sort of, sorry, he was crawling in my suitcase. <laughs> <laughs> you can sort of see a difference. Um, there are definitely players who are faring better with a lack of structure than others, which I think is normal. I think that would yeah. be the case anywhere. But I think Canada, if they want to hang in February, I don't know if they're roster changers. I know Team USA is probably will. If Canada is going to change their roster at all, they need to get younger. Yeah. Um, and they need to get younger in the forward, in the forward core, ideally. Yeah. yeah, that definitely leads me to what else I wanted to talk about is there's still three more rivalry series games in early February, uh, two in Canada and one in the U.S. And that will lead us pretty much directly into Worlds in April. Yeah. Um, you said it for Canada. You think they should get younger, faster in the forward core. 
What do you? I see I, no reason. I see no reason why Kristen O'Neill shouldn't be on that roster. Yeah. Um, who else do you think should be on that roster for Canada? Well, she's not a forward, but I don't ever think Ella Shelton should be out of the mix. Um, their, uh, their goaltending is also Kigwir. interesting. Yeah, it is. Elizabeth Kigwir out of, uh, I don't think I'm pronouncing that right, out of Clarkson. Mm, mm-hmm. uh, I, I don't think this is ever going to happen. And I I mean, I would love for it to happen. I think it's a, a long shot. But if, if I was the GM... Uh, Kayla Grant Mentis out of Merrimack is Ooh, yeah she's a machine, and I think Merrimack is has grown a lot as a program over the time that she's been there. But I also think if you put her on a line with national team caliber players, she will explode. And mm. I really hope that one day we get to see that. I think I think those are the three forwards that I would be most interested to see. Um, obviously, Daryl Watts. I. I don't understand why she's not there. I'm sure that they, they think they have a reason. Uh, I'm sure that there's some kind of rationalization for it, but she is leading the country in goals and points. So I don't really understand why you wouldn't at least bring her in, especially when you are only scoring a goal a game. Yeah. Um, I think those are the ones I think the goaltending is interesting. I think you're right. I think they have their three goaltenders. Um, you think those three, um, Mashmeyer, Davians, and uh, Genevieve Cass, totally just blanked on her name. You think those are the three they'll stick with through? I think that they are, but I would love to see Shay Tiley up. Mm. I think that she's extremely underrated. I don't know what is in the water in Clarkson as they <laughs> keep coming out like elite goaltender after elite goaltender, but she's, I mean, I saw her in New Hampshire and she was probably the most impressive PWHPA player other than Skamura all weekend. Like yeah. she just was ridiculously good. Um, and she's big, which obviously also helps. So I would love to see them bring her in at least as a third goaltender and let her just, just, just let me see. I just want to see it. Um, <laughs> but I don't, I don't think that I would feel if I were them, I don't think I would feel bad about any of the goaltending situations. I don't think losing these games I guess the Carpy goal felt bad um, from a goaltending perspective, but I don't think that they're losing games because of their goaltending, and I don't think that they feel that way about it. Yeah. So I wouldn't imagine that they're going to change much for February. I think USA's roster is going to be the one that changes more. Where do you think that one changes? I just don't think they can take that many NCAA players in February. I don't think. Yeah. I don't think that that would go over very well. <laughs> They're going to probably have to pick three or four. Let's say, let's say Kayla Barnes is always going to be a lock at this point. Uh, let's say you're bringing Kayla Barnes, Jesse Comfer, Abby Rock. That's your, that's your three. Four, maybe let's say you're bringing either Maddie Rooney or Aaron Frankel. Uh, you still have some forward spots that you need to fill. Maybe you're filling that def- the that gap in defense. Maybe you're bringing Sid Moore and back from Sweden. I, I think that would be my guess is where they're going to go with that if they can't bring another defender in. But um, forward-wise, I mean, to me, it seems pretty clear that they're at least looking at the NWHL. Yeah. Um, and I think that they should be, uh, particularly in Boston. I think, you know, two of the better players – 
which is such a hard thing to say because the whole team is so good. But two of the better young players on the Pride are players who have been in the U.S. system. So Tori Sullivan and Lexi Lang um, actually have played together in the U.S. system. That's the only time they've played together before this. Right, because they they were at Harvard and BC and the Northeastern and undergrads. They were actually basically rivals, at least Beanpot rivals. Uh, So it would be very easy for Bob Corkin to pluck those two together and just like install them on a line with a third player. Um, I obviously, I know we've all been talking about McKenna brand. I don't think that that any of us should rule that out. I think that she, she's younger than me. She's 23. Um, to my knowledge, she's never sort of been in the mix, but there's really no reason that she shouldn't be. And, um, if I'm thinking of teams other than the pride that I would look at, I would say Ken McCornine, uh, is a name that I would, keep an eye on if I were team Canada I would at least be considering the concept of Brooke Stacy but I would be shocked if that happens yeah for a multitude of reasons um trying to think of other American players in the league who are like young enough I think there are a lot of like Jillian Dempsey obviously is American and is incredible but I think that she's old enough that yeah. I don't want an Anne sophie Bate situation. Yeah, I don't it, see that happening with any of the uh, NC, uh, NWHL players. I think they have to be under 24, 25 to even be considered at this point, yeah. which I, I, I don't mind that at all. Um, I think Cornine's probably the, non, the non-pride player that I would be most interested to see. Although I do think having Kendall Cornine and Kendall Coyne on a team together would be very confusing. <laughs> um our already problematic broadcasters would have no idea what was happening. It would be so, and they're both blonde and kind of small. Like, yeah. It just would be, I, I would love it. I, I love chaos, but I can, I can only imagine the shenanigans. Um, so many shenanigans. Just I'll shenanigans be, on shenanigans on shenanigans. <laughs> I'll be interested to see what happens with Hannah Brandt. Uh, Brianna Decker and the uh, Lamorous. Because they were the four that were not on this December roster, correct? I mean, they weren't the only ones, but to me, those are the names that I am the most surprised about. I'm not sure what's going on with Decker because we don't get like injury reports or anything. So I I think that she was hurt. She Uh, was, but... She also isn't anymore. I don't know. I mean, she was hurt and, and I think it was lower body. And if I had to guess, it was probably in her hip area, which is not surprising. And as someone who has a hip injury that takes a very long time to properly rehab and I get it. Um, but she was also invited to camp and I was told that she never reported to camp and I don't, I don't know, or at least to my source's knowledge, she never reported to camp. Maybe she did, but the person that I spoke to who was there said that they did not see her. Um, and so I don't know if she's still rehabbing and that's why I would assume if she's healthy, you want her on a roster. Uh, but they also did time without her. So <laughs> that's kind of stressful. Um, <laughs> they think is like, I think when you, when you take the Lamers out of a roster, you worry about not being physical enough. Uh, but I think that people don't give, specifically Jesse Confer enough credit on that front. Yeah. And Abby Rock may be 5'5", five five, but that girl is a tank, and she will kill you um, if you get in the way. So I think 
a lot of the holes that we thought we were going to see with those players out did not materialize at all. Which the is biggest, good. Yeah, That's what I mean, we want. The biggest thing I think we're missing is a center for the the Cameron EC night line. Because that, yeah. that line should be producing and it's not. And I think that it comes down to you need a center that can carry them. And that's where I would want to see Decker back if she's healthy. Um, she's kind of my first choice for that. I think Confer can play on a wing. She doesn't need to play center. Um, I don't know what her faceoff win percentage was over these last two games. But I would, I would bet a fair amount of money that Coin and Decker both probably take more successful faceoffs just based on experience. Yeah, I would like to see Jesse um, on Kendall's wing personally. Yeah, the the people that we were quote unquote missing from this roster didn't seem to be super missing in my opinion. Like once the game started playing. Um, and I've harped on this before, and I harp on this all the time, but it's so early in a cycle that having these kind of mixed-up rosters and people missing doesn't really scare me at all. No. Um, I, it encourages me more than anything that they're looking at different people uh, and trying to mix things up and not just staying with the same old, same old every two and a half, three, four years. Um, so last couple of questions, I guess. Uh, what one player really stood out to you in a positive way? Which team? Both teams? Either team. Both teams. One team. Uh, honestly, I'm going to say Kelly Panic. Um, I think that she spent the first couple years of her national team tenure sort of hovering on the fourth line. Mm-hmm. Um, they were giving her to the Lamaroos and Pyeongchang and, or Duggan's line, like Duggan and Pelkey, um, which tended to, those tended to be our third or fourth lines. And she's seeing top six minutes now. And I think we're seeing, I, I mean, until very recently, I wasn't like unimpressed with her, but I, I just was a little surprised because she was so dominant at Minnesota. Mm-hmm. And I was a little surprised that I wasn't really seeing that from her um, at the national team level. And now we're seeing it. Um, and I think that she's just an incredible playmaker. And her her hockey IQ and her ability to anticipate, you know, the brilliance of uh, Alex Carpenter and Amanda Kessel is the glue that holds that mm-hmm. line together. You know, if you don't have a center on that line who can think with them, they're not scoring those goals. Oh, because yeah. they can do it, just the two of them. Um and I think that especially in the first game, Kelly had two assists and they were both just a nasty, like just the kind of things that nobody else would think to even do. Um, so I think she's probably the one that I, I have been the most encouraged and, and stood out the most to me. Um, and then on Team Canada, I think Victoria Bach uh, should not be on the fourth line. I think that she generally played maybe the best of the forward group. Mm-hmm. Um, she looks really good on their power play unit, and that's awesome, but she would look even better on the first line. Oh, yeah, uh, you'll never get an argument from me on that. I just don't understand. I just don't understand. Um, I understand that Pooh is your first line center, and you don't want to take her off your first line. But also, we took Hillary Knight off of our first line, and we didn't die. So <laughs> maybe not. 
maybe it's time. She's almost 30. Maybe it's time. Maybe it's time to take her off the top line. Maybe it's okay for her to play middle six minutes now. Maybe it's okay if, if Victoria Bach gets the first line center spot. I know it's like really hard to let go of that because she's Captain Canada and the Golden Girl, but like time time does this to all of us and sometimes it's okay. And I think that Victoria Bach should get the chance to shine before she's too old. Oh, definitely. So hopefully we get to see more of her in an increased role later. She's looked the best, I think, with um, Victoria Bach has looked the best when she gets top six minutes and quality time on the power play. Yes. I mean, she's lethal on the power play because she just picks her spot and it's over. And I think that they they have a good idea putting her with Lauren Gable. Uh Um, And I think that that's the future for them, ultimately. Like, imagine if you had a Lauren Gable, Victoria Bach, Daryl Watts line. That's disgusting. That's disgusting. That's, I, I don't, I don't know if you can stop that at all. Um, I just, I don't know. I think that she needs to be up there and she's definitely the player that I felt was most consistently threatening. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Gable would have been up there. She took a couple too many penalties to make that sort of impact, but I think that that's just the nature of the way the game in Hartford was. Yeah. And sometimes it happens. There were a to- lot of penalties. I mean, and sometimes it's your skilled players that take the penalties. I mean, obviously they're all skilled players. I'm not saying, like, it's not an NHL team. But sometimes it's the players that you really, really, really don't expect to take those kinds of penalties. Like, sometimes Amanda Castle takes a penalty. Sometimes, I mean, we don't love it, but it happens. Um, So I think I want to see more of Lauren Gable. I think that she was so good at Worlds that I would be surprised if she's not able to pick the pace back up on that. Yeah. Ugh. Anything else you wanted to touch on from those two games? Or going into the, the next three in Worlds? What? Okay. So the power play unit for Team USA looks like it's basically the Panic at the Disco line plus Hillary and Kayla Barnes. If you could build your own second power play unit for Team USA using either the roster that we have now or what you anticipate or want the February roster to look like, what would it be? Ugh. Three, four forwards and a defenseman. You know I'm the worst at lines, right? That I just, there's players on the ice, and that's about all I can tell you. I mean, have you seen our power play, though? That's basically what it has looked like until right now, so I wouldn't worry about it. No offense to Bob Corkum if you're listening to this at work, <laughs> so. <laughs> Def, Bob, if you're listening, hit me up, because... <laughs> Then I will. It worked. It worked. I'm just saying. Pick. Just pick four. They don't even have to be like because it's a power play, so it doesn't matter if they're all centers. Just pick four forwards and a defenseman that you would want on a power play unit. Um, Annie Pankowski. Okay. Kendall Coyne. Okay. Gofield. Yeah. Um, love to see Jesse Confer out there for that with those two. Okay, I love that. Um, I think Kendall brings the speed, which Annie brings as well, but a little bit more of like the puck possession speed, where Kendall yeah. is like can be eat on the ice. Jesse will bring the um, the uh, gur factor, for lack of a better word. <laughs> the physicality. Parker yes, in front of the net. Parker in front of the net. <laughs> that's what I meant. The physicality. For some reason, I could. I mean, the gur factor is good. It's yeah, good. Sure. She'll bring the Gur factor. Um, that's a Terrier thing, I guess. Yeah, that's actually what Terriers do. They just Gur. Um, I need one more forward. You do. 
I'm gonna go to defense though. Part of I me mean, says Kayla, part of me says Casey, and another part of me says fuck it and say Lee. On your power play? All right. Um, just because I think she, Lee is such an offensive defender and also so big that she can cover so much of the ice. Um, yeah, I'm going to go with Lee. I'm just throwing names out here and seeing what sticks in my head. I would be really interested to see Lee Steckline on a power play because I don't think of Lee Steckline as an offensive defenseman at all. And and I and what's crazy about that is last year in the NWHL, she had two different goals where she just dangled the hell out of Danny yeah. Cameron, which I did not know she was capable of doing. <laughs> I'm not sure that anybody really knew. Danny certainly did not. <laughs> Danny was like, "What the fuck? Why did you be able to do this?" Hello? Yeah. I mean, the first one especially, everyone's faces were just like, "Jesus." Christ. <laughs> so I, I actually I love that. I like the idea of. Let's let's put Lee the tree out there and see what happens. Why not? I called Lee. I, I called Lee Lee the tree on a different episode with Hannah, and she like freaked out. She's like, "I've never heard anyone say that." And I was, I really? Be like, are you serious? Because I think we say that all the time. I mean, I say it all the time. I love it, and um, I I definitely there are players on the team that have referred to her as such. Like, oh, I think yeah. that's where it came from. It was someone's Instagram story where they were like Lee, and then they put a tree, and I was like, "Oh, it's Lee the tree, <laughs> Lee the tree." Uh, one more forward. Who's your, speaking of Instagram. Oh, you're not done. I forgot. One more forward. Sorry. Um, can I go with Kelly Panic? Absolutely. Okay, there's my... I already... Have, oh, Annie Pankowski. You have three centers and a left wing, which Hell I yeah. love. Just really uh, mixing it up. Why not, right? I mean, uh, Kendall plays on the wing, too. Yeah. Um, my only other question for you... Of this roster in December, who was or is your favorite Instagram content creator on oh the God. team? Casey's Instagram lately has been something else. That's true. Uh, just constant flexing. And honestly, if I looked like that, I would be flexing all the time too. So oh, hell I don't. Yeah. No matter the weather, no matter. I, I, yeah. I it's just be. outside. I don't care. We're doing a photo shoot. Um. Mm, I mean, she wasn't there, but I always love Hannah Brandt's content, so I guess that doesn't really answer the question. No, I mean, I think that that's that's a good pick. Um, Hillary, I hate to say it, a Hillary, but she because she always has like really weird behind the scenes stuff. Oh, who did the Q and A where Amanda was eating cereal? Keller. That's that was gonna be my answer. Yeah, I think Megan Keller's Instagram. She's really come into her own as a content creator. Yeah, gotta get them content creators out there. It's good. It's, good. it's very funny. Um, um, yeah, she was good, and she also, um, she had that. There was this one Instagram story where she was walking behind Lee, and she like kicked Lee's suitcase so it flipped over. <laughs> And Lee, like, turned around and looked at her with this look of betrayal. And someone in the background, it was a Minnesota accent, so I think I think it was Danny Cam. Someone in the background was like, that was rude. <laughs> and it made me laugh, like, actually out loud for at least 15, 20 seconds. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give the crown to Keller, I think. Yeah, that one. It was a specifically the Q&A she did that featured Amanda eating what I believe was cereal. Yeah, like in her bed. Yeah. Just a bowl of cereal. Which, like, who among us doesn't do that? Um, 
Yeah, I mean, that's true. We've all been there, right? Yeah. It is a scary eat, though, in bed because of the milk thing and yeah. the spilling thing. And Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, if it's a hotel bed, maybe you care less. True. I would care more, but it depends on the person. True. Um, what other random question can I ask you like that? I'm an open book. Huh. I don't know. I think you got me there. Hmm. Yeah, I think that's all. Um, where can we find you on Twitter? Uh, I'm on Twitter at strong4check, which is also something this this particular iteration of Team USA was very cool. So I had multiple people <laughs> making that joke on the timeline, uh, trying to see if I saw it, specifically Leanne. So popular. Uh, Leanne loves to do that, and I think it's very funny every time. <laughs> So, Leanne is the second half of the Ice Garden meme queens. Meme meme queens. Yes, that's exactly what you guys are, and I'm very jealous. T-shirts. I think we need T-shirts. Yeah, you guys do, especially considering you have to explain your memes to me like ninety percent of the time. That's how I know they're good, though, because if I explain them and you still don't think they're funny, then I know we shouldn't post them. (laughs) If I explain them and you get it and it's funny, then I know that they're good. Yeah. Uh... I'm very jealous that you guys are going to hang out in Buffalo for the outdoor game, by the way. <laughs> we uh, we wish you could be there. I'm going to be very cold, and I think it would be very entertaining for Leanne to see me be that cold, because I'm from the South. So, like, today it was 14 degrees when I got up. Yeah, it's freezing here today. Unthinkable. I still went to the gym, but let me tell you, I was pissed about it. Yeah. I have to go clean my car off after this, and I don't want to go outside. When was the last time you – did you, like – Well, I should have done it yesterday, but I it was tired after doing the sidewalk, so I didn't. That's fair. Plus, I didn't realize it was supposed to be this cold today. Yeah. I didn't know until uh, my girlfriend told me the other day. She was like, oh, it's going to be cold, cold on Thursday. And I was like, oh, I don't know about that. And I looked, and it was 15 degrees. So It's big cold. It really isn't, is. Isn't that what, it, what, what, the, what the youth would say? Uh, I wouldn't say it, but it's not wrong. <laughs> Big cold. Anyway, that's been our weather update. Fuck <laughs> you weather with the NWHL. <laughs> oh yeah, that also happened. Today. Please, please pay us. Hashtag uh, AccuWeather with Top Shelf. Um, well, thank you for coming on today and sharing all of your thoughts on USA, Canada, and then making me pick a power play line, which I hated. <laughs> <You're welcome. laughs> all right we'll talk to you later okay bye